welcome back or welcome to the Humans of Triathlon or Hot podcast where we bring you the ordinary but extraordinary world of triathlon one human one story at a time with the aim to inspire and to celebrate this life-changing sport and its humans through real authentic raw and enjoyable conversations with humans of triathlon from around the globe and from all walks of life Hey guys, just a little heads up here. This week's audio recording quality was pretty poor. So you might just have to concentrate a little bit while you're listening, but I really hope you still stick around because Alan's story is a pretty great one and I think the quality gets a little bit better during the second half as well. So I hope you can enjoy the episode still. Hello humans of triathlon. This is uh, Swapnil Chohan. Uh, not. So as you can imagine, this is Charles Honk, uh, our ruthless uh, CEO leader. He is uh, couldn't come today. So we have uh, kidnapped, we have hijacked the headquarters. And I am today with obviously the lovely, beautiful Sheila Trilevin from uh, Grimsley, Ontario. Uh, and today, as usual, as we usually do, we have a fantastic guest for you guys. So listen up all right so bullying and bullying is an issue that has been highlighted in the news and at our schools over the past few years we have pink shirt day anti-bullying assemblies news articles for awareness around cyberbullying. despite the work we're doing to change behavior bullying still exists now imagine 30 years ago bullies were the people your parents would say you have to learn to stand up to that bully on your own. Ignore them and they'll stop. At least, you know, that's the advice they kept giving us. Not easy for a small seven-year-old boy to do, especially when you're being bullied by your own cousins. Our guest today was a victim of bullying, bullied for his small stature as a child, as well as for being, and in his own words, in his writing, he put this, was called limp-wristed, and he was teased by those same cousins. He shied away from sport because of his lack of physicality and focused on studies, earning two master's degrees. So super smart, super awesome. Um, I actually like the thought that you get master's degrees versus uh, sports sometimes instead. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so moving from the Philippines... Texas, he met some people who encouraged him to do a triathlon. Overcoming his demons, he has now completed six half Ironman or five half Ironman and one full Ironman with dreams of Kona on the horizon. Please welcome from Odessa, Texas, Alan Espina. Hey guys. Hey. Hey, hey, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, oh, thank you for coming. Thank you. For thank, coming. You. thank you. We are very, very thrilled to have you. And we really want to hear your story. And uh, I, I think every guest we have is uh, such a different story. And, and it's just amazing, you know, the, the things you hear and uh, how people go through very rough things and just come out uh, stronger than ever. And, of course, with our lovely sport. So it makes it even even better to talk about it. Yes, yes. yes. And I, I promise to not get sentimental about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
exactly. It, it, is very, it is very cathartic, though, to, um, to be able to, to write it down and submit it to Human Centralathlon and then to actually um, read it. I, um, I, I was still out when I, I read all of it um, before submitting it to you guys. But I think it, it was very cathartic. I was able to, I think, um, find myself and, and, and conquer some demons. So if you have questions for me, fire away. <laughs> Believe me, you will. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so I think the way we usually start with this is uh, we usually try to fly back in time to the beginning of your time. And uh, so I'm a huge fan of the Philippines. I love the country. I have so many friends from the Philippines. I love Tapsilog, Long Silog, Halo Halo, all of those things. And I, I'm even thinking about going next year to Subic Bay to do the full Ironman in June. Really, yes, I heard it's awesome. It's gonna be very, very hot. <laughs> but I don't care. I think, uh, I think I'll, I'll weather that. That's what I was wondering. How hot is it there in June? <laughs> it's 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 like um, it's like Texas weather, except that it's very human. Uh, so it's like Houston then. Yes, yes. Well, West Texas. Um, right now, it's about 102 degrees outside. Oh my God! Yeah, and and humid. Take the ice. Take the offer. Exactly. But yeah, if you want, just uh, let us know a little bit of uh, how was your life back then. Growing up. Uh, where okay. did you live? Uh, what was your relationship with sport, if there was anything at all? Uh, just a little bit, I don't know, anything you want to tell us about. Yeah. Okay. Um, I grew up in the Philippines. So I grew up in Bacolod City, Philippines. And um, funny you should say about Tapsilog because I had that I had that this morning. And um, it's something that I would usually take as a comfort food. But, um, yes, I, um, I was born in 1974. And uh, I grew up in the Philippines. I grew up in an area where I, I lived with a lot of my cousins. And um, we lived in, a, in the slums uh, near the airport where my our parents used to work. So uh, the, the, the childhood that I have is not so bad. It's just that um, there was a time um, around seven, year old, seven years old that um, Flash Elordi, the, the, Manny Pacquiao of, um, the Manny Pacquiao of the 70s and the 80s was very big then. And um, of course, living in an and growing up in a patriarchal society, um, every every parent, grandparent, deemed their kid to be as strong as as they should be. So um, I I grew up. I was born premature, and um, you could you could fit me in a little of a Coca Cola bottle. So with that with that said, I um, I grew up significantly smaller and thinner than my peers and my cousins. Uh, I think. Just just because I, I didn't want to get into the boxing ring with them, um, uh, they decided to think that I am interested. And um, it solidified their thoughts with me also being gay. So while it is true that, that uh, I am gay, um, it was no less hurtful. Because of that heckling, because of that bullying, I um, thought that I was not man enough. In fact, the, the worst part is... Um, uh, they even they even branded me. Um, I I got heckled, and I remember vividly seeing something scribbled, the words "faggot" on the wall, um, 
when I was going to, um, I, I see that wall, it was scribbled in, in black paint by my cousins, and it was a wall I passed through, I passed back and forth going to school every day. So for, for a seven-year-old, that is not the branding that one needs to have. So um, yeah. I, I ended up just um, just uh, trying to excel intellectually because I, I lacked the physicality to come toe-to-toe -to -toe with my cousins. I was insecure about not being able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with them, so I hid behind rumors or cast them lit and, and became the resident jokester growing up. I did that to cover my flaws because I, I, I thought then that the only gauge of being a man was physicality. Um, I had a good childhood, but, but I had that void. I uh, graduated top of my class uh, in entire years, and I realized that I can get the respect of my peers um, using the tools that I was blessed with. I was not blessed with physicality, so I, I didn't earn the respect of my cousins. Um, I, I also remember that when uh, my cousins would run to my grandmother and um, to complain about me not joining the boxing room with them, um, my, my grandmother even said, oh, um, oh, the blue one, he would never amount to very much. So that was pretty um, hurtful. And, um, and I don't know why uh, it all came back to me, but uh, I, I did remember bearing uh, that in my subconscious and just wanting to to pursue a um, lifelong dream of, of being a successful professional, void uh, of physicality. That way, um, if that's where I'm good at, that's where I'm going to excel. So that's why I, I studied hard. I eventually finished a degree in nursing, and in 2003, was able to um, immigrate to the United States and uh, became a premature baby nurse. So I was born premature and I'm a premature baby nurse, and that's a, a full circle, and um, ended up getting a, a a great job and um, became the director of education for the hospital that I was working for now. So I, I think um, all in all, life life is good. Um, life is great even. I have, I have a family, I have a partner that loves me unconditionally, but um, I, I, I have that void. And, and that's where triathlon can end. Um, because in, in, in 2000, when I came in in 2003, I was still the smallest and the thinnest of all the, the folks that immigrated with me. So I figured there's no way I'd be able to, to, to even be near the athlete that my cousins were to be. Um, and then uh, about six, six or seven years ago, my coworker asked me if I wanted to do um, a triathlon. And um, she didn't tell me that it was a triathlon. She just asked me if I could swim. And I told her, well, <laughs> I could probably doggy paddle my way around uh, four or five laps in the, in the um, uh, university campus pool. So she said, well, now well, you can swim. Yeah. How about biking? <laughs> and I said, well, I think if you were biking when you were young, you would be able to pick it up. But I was never a runner. I thought to myself, what's the point of running? So I think I've run my entire life um, emotionally. So why would I physically run? But she said, uh, just try it. You might, you might enjoy it. And um, so I signed up about four months before my first sprint triathlon. And um, 
I uh, bought a $300 bike off of Craigslist and traveled on it and woke up every morning at 4.30 with some of the friends that I go to the gym with and started running. And um, sure enough, I could not run. So I was always at the back of the back of the group. And starting then, running with them, I was thinking, well, this is not so different from when I was a kid. I was big last. That was always the consolation prize. What's happening? And then I was able to get third in my age group in the first half marathon that I did. And I said, what? I <laughs> sounds like you can run. <laughs> I never thought that I would I would a uh, place and 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 I said, "Wow, this is the first um, measure of physicality that I have ever done." And all I did was kept at it. I was determined. I persevered. I, um, I I woke up early just to be able to train while everybody was sleeping. I was running, so I thought that maybe there's still hope in me to be the athlete I wanted to be. And then the, and the triathlon came. The sprint triathlon came. I finished my phone, my first sprint triathlon with um, a time of an hour and thirty-three, and my confidence level shot up to just average to invincible. <laughs> it was. Nice. I bet. <laughs> I was awesome, and I was I was very. If if my viewers can see me now. <laughs> oh yeah, hey, I have to say, like, I know you never ran, and starting to run is always hard. But you talk about how you're small and light. Um, I would think running would be like an awesome sport. You would be awesome at it. We call you small and mighty right in there with Miranda carefree and Amber Ferreira. The small and mighty. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, I try. I, I really try. Um, uh, in fact, I couldn't believe myself when I said, when I finished several um, marathons um, that I would, I would, I never, I never dreamt that I would be a runner, much more a triathlete, but um, that more, physicality that I was able to achieve um, from triathlons gave me, gave me something that I thought I never had before. And that was to fill the void that I had in my life. So I was very thankful for, for, how, for that friend of mine who coached me and urged me to join the, the sport. Mm. So now you, you mentioned earlier how your grandmother, I don't know if she's still around. You're the same age as me. I'm also a 1974 baby um if your grandmother got to see you get your master's degree your degree in nursing for for the nicu babies the um you know yes. and i'm sure you're i've seen pictures on instagram i think are those your parents they're supporting you they you know how do they feel now seeing you active and so successful and you know and your cousins do you have a different relationship with them now I, I actually do. I actually do. When I first, um, when I when I was doing all the tries, and um, my in the back of my mind, shallow as it might seem, I wanted to post it on Facebook and Instagram because I wanted them to see where I'm at right now. And and I know I don't think they even remember that they bullied me when I was younger. But it was just a, like a full circle. Um, my my grandmother isn't with us anymore, but I know that all of my aunts and aunties uncles they they've seen what i have achieved 
um, on my journey so far, and I know they're very proud. My, my cousins are very proud. I, I see them um, automatically like all the postings I, I have. And and uh, one of the things that I, I really don't do is to um, all of my friends here in Odessa have been asking, hey, let's uh, uh, give us the name of that particular cousin of yours. That way we can go beat him up. And I said, it's the point. There's really no, no reason to dig up um, issues like that. Um, it, it, I know it's, it's, it's pretty shallow to think that I could, I could go back in time and say, hey, look at me now. Here I have the swagger of a certified triathlete. But there's, there's really no point. But um, as I said in the, in the posting I, I submitted for units uh, of triathlon, that if, if given a chance to go back in time, I would rather go back in time and talk to myself and say that on your journey so far or on your journey in your life, about 35, 30, 40 years from now, you, you'll be on your way to success. You have a family that loves you unconditionally. You're able to gather in the physicality that you never have. And all in all, it, 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 it does get better. And um, it did. It did. I am very thankful uh, where I am in my life because of um, being a sport that I never thought I, I never thought I could, but I did because of uh, the people around me and the dedication and the perseverance that I put into it. Yeah, of course. I mean, definitely. I mean, I think I think one of the one of the great lessons uh, here. Is, I mean, not only you were able to to prove yourself and others that you were maybe uh, mentally or uh, let's say more capable to achieve things but also in the end you did the uh, pro triathlon you started to succeed so it's like you you've done it all no and, and you, have, you live a happy life in the u.s now and uh obviously we would love to have that sort of uh little uh, delorean time machine right yeah. back and say hey you know what <laughs> just well, give it a little years you know it's gonna get better but uh, but at least yeah, it does get better, right? And and I think that's um, yeah. something that you have clearly managed to 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 prove to yourself and to uh, most most of yourself. I do remember that day that my when my coworker asked me to to um, try a triathlon, and um, had I said no, then then about six years into it, I. I would have probably pursued a doctorate degree, which that was the plan then. I um, I was wanting to um, to just continue pursuing uh, the intellectual route. I told myself that before you turn 15, you should be able to be, um, to be called a doctor. And I think that would be the ultimate respect that um, one can gain from your relatives, from the from the from your family, from from the bullies that that um, were in your life, but um, with the with the introduction of triathlon, I um, my goals have changed, and I said, well, maybe I can do more. And um, but but you have to you have to love the sport, you have to respect the sport too, because I um, I, I did mention that my my confidence level shot to the roof. I was walking in the clouds. I was <laughs> I had the Texas Swagger, the certified triathlete. But um, um, if you don't train, you um, you will you mess up. So um, on my second year triathlons, I um, had a worse time, and I said, well. 
what do um what did we, what did we do for this last year? Nothing. We just decided to win it, and uh, that's not that's not what this sport is about. You have to have, you have to continue being dedicated. And if that further prompted when um, during a visit to uh, Victoria about um, four four years ago, I went to Victoria on a cruise to Alaska, and as I, as I was going home from from Victoria to Seattle, I um, happened to be on the clipper with a bunch of triathletes and their spandex clothes <laughs> um, coming, coming off of the race in um, uh, half Ironman 70.3 Victoria. And I said, um, I think I can do that. Um, I was jealous of their bikes. I, um, I was jealous of how, how, how intent the race uh is. So I researched and um, I researched the distances, and uh, my jaw just dropped. Um, I ba- I barely finished a 400 meter swim in my first triathlon. How would I able to? Fa- how would how would I double paddle my way to 2.4 miles and for for Ironman? So it was uh, it was it was a new dream. It was a new goal that I had in mind. So I said uh, between a doctorate degree and and um, Ironman now, um, I think my 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 brain would be able to handle a doctorate degree if I'm 50 years old. But I'm not sure if my body could handle the, the, the hardships that Ironman training would expect for you to get that, that um, distinction of being an Ironman. So um, with that, I became obsessed. I became obsessed with, with training for, for Ironman. I swallowed my pride and, and went to a master's uh, swim class, signed up, and um, uh, I remember my coach telling me, what, what is your plan? What is your goal? And I said, well, um, probably just to be able to uh, finish and not die on a 2.4-mile swim. And he said, well, I can, um, I can help you with that, but you have to just bring it. And I said, well, even if I have to drive two to three times a week, 15 miles to the next town just to be able to attend your class and make me a better swimmer than I am now, I will do it. And then I was, I was able to do it. I, um, I cried so hard crossing the finish line in Ironman 70.3 Galveston. Why? What happened? Because That's a hard... Um, I, I, I was probably um, about a minute a minute away from the finish line, and um, my memories of childhood, memories of all the, the the early morning waking up and all the training I did, it all just flooded in, and um, I was a lot at loss for words. I was I, I could not believe that I was able to. Uh, that I would be able in, in less than five minutes, I would be able to cross a finish line and I would have finished my first half hour man. It was, yeah, I, I felt that invincibility again. But uh, <laughs> it, was, it was such a joyous occasion. I, I probably had the worst finish line photo because I was just, <laughs> was just running down my, my face. Um, finishing my first um, uh, half Ironman race, and it happened again 
when I crossed up in 2017, um, Ironman, Texas, with Mike Crowley, um, calling my name that I was, in fact, an Ironman. Wow, yeah. And um, at that point in time, I, I told myself that, um, so if um, if this is the gauge of, of being a man, then you're a man, an Ironman at that. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. You don't need to get punched in the face to be a man and boss. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you ask any of those guys to do an Iron Man, if you'd like, they may not make it. It's a contact sport, though, because we have to do a mass swim start in Iron Man, Texas. <laughs> That's true. You may get punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and I, uh, that Galveston one I don't know if it was windy that, I went in 2017 but the wind there is incredible on the bike yes. so for the first Ironman for your first half Ironman to like make it through that bike with those crosswinds like that's very impressive you should like I hope you have that crying picture <laughs> of you crossing like right <laughs> It's such a great, like, it really is such a great memory. Like, you have to bring all those things back to the forefront, right? Like, how great you did. Yes. Well, it was, it was, it was uh, a great, I was more concerned of the swim in Galveston. Um, I, I live in West Texas. I live in the Midland Odessa area where it's pretty much flat. Okay. So we train in the wind here. So wind doesn't scare me. It's the hills that scare me. <laughs> That's why I, that's why I, wasn't, I wasn't that prepared when I raced three weeks ago. I raced um, Victoria. Um, it was a dream, it was a dream come true. Um, four years ago, I was there as a spectator um, on the clipper, admiring everybody's bikes and their spandex suits, tri suits. And um, four, four years later, I was one of them finishing the race. So, but I should have done more research. I was thinking that since Victoria is sea level, I thought it was a flat, as flat as Texas. Well, <laughs> Texas, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> a very different flat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, how was so? How was your race there in Victoria? Um, I had a personal record on both the swim and the run, and it was my first trail run. So I was very much happy, and um, I, I even had some um, some. Um, tenderness on the shin when I started the, the, the run, but uh, it turned out okay. I, I loved it. I would I would do it again, um, and uh, this time I would train on the hills more. I, um, I, I liked it. The, the, the spectators were awesome. The venue was great. Yeah. The, you know what? I'm a little biased, but Canadians run really good races out here. It was my first race in Canada. I would have to take you on that and, and maybe put uh, Montreal Blanc on my um, racing calendar now. <laughs> <laughs> we are very friendly. Yes, that is very true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's really, it's really exciting um, that you've been able to overcome all of these things and, and come to where you are both academically and working within the NICU. And I know that's a hard place to, that, that can be a very rewarding, but very hard place to work as well. And then to do the Ironman and overcome all of your insecurities in regards to your physicality and, and, you know, 
now you're like doing half Ironmans and half marathons and, and everything like that. That's really awesome. Yes, and I, I do have a, a real goal now. I'm hoping to that um, before my twilight years that I'd be able to run Kona in Boston. So that that's where I'm at now. Um, uh, what I what I forgot to mention is that um, I did I did tell you that I was I was they branded me with those words on a wall a long time ago. That um, after finishing my first Ironman, I decided to get my very first tattoo, and it was an M dot tattoo, and I'm very proud of it. So, um, where where do you have it? Can I ask? Um, right, right, um, uh, uh, calf muscle. Yep. Oh, okay. So, so in the classic location. In the classic yeah. location. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm, very, I'm very proud of it because if I if I wanted to be branded, it has to be something that was um, brought about by by dedication and per- perseverance, and and I think that's what it represents to me. Hey, that's awesome! Exactly. If you're going to wear a brand, you might do one that means something. Like you really overcame a lot there. Exactly. Now, I. See that um, on your Instagram, you did a talk on anti-bullying. Yes, yes, I was um, invited by a friend of mine to talk to the Odessa Lions downtown group, and um, uh, just wanted to um, they, they they wanted to hear my story, and because um, the the outgoing president is also a budding triathlete, so he he wanted um, to to share the journey of um, the only Ironman I think he. Knows, so I don't know. He he knows an uh, other Ironmans that um, he's close to me. So um, he asked me to um, come speak and uh, just to tell them my story about being bullied as a kid, and it was it was great. Um, yeah. I had fun presenting it. Um, they were very um, enthusiastic um, at the end, and um, they they just loved that. Um, um, anybody can persevere, and if you're determined enough, you'll be able to succeed. So I was, I was thankful for that avenue to, um, to share my story. That's wonderful. Do you think that's something that you might like to do more often, like in other, like in schools or in other places, or? or... I, I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind doing it. In fact, I have, um, I have a teacher friend that may have um, dropped hints about me speaking to her um, kids, but. We will see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind. I don't mind. I um, I think whether we liked it or not, um, bullying is still very much about and prominent in in the world yes. today. So, um, every little thing that we we can do, um helps to eradicate that. It always is nice to have somebody who had experienced it talk about it because um, a lot of the kids may be able to um, relate. And the more we reach out, the more we reach out to a lot of people that hopefully it will lessen the stigma and the, just the pains one kid will go through. I, I work now as the director of education for Odessa Regional Medical Center, and one of the things that is at the forefront of uh, the hospital's initiatives was to make sure that we, we um, lessen the number of uh, suicidal incidents in hospitals and in the community. And um, it's very frightening to know that we have um, kids as young as nine, seven-year-old who are thinking of suicide, and that's very frightening. I'm very sure that uh, a big factor of that, of those thoughts of suicide, 
um, can be attributed to bullying. Yeah, it's very mm-hmm. sad. I know my daughter comes home from school, my youngest one um, comes home and she's very sensitive and she'll, she'll say, mommy, I feel really bad. This kids in our class always bully this one boy and things like that. And, and, and it's, I'm like, well, what, what are the teachers doing? (laughs) Who is helping? And, and it's very like, they're walking this fine line of, well, mommy, his, his, his mommy, er, his mommy is on the board and they donate lots of money. And I'm like, well, yeah. I don't know how true that is, but, and if it's not, but it, it may be. And, and so then, you know, what do we say to this kid? And then will his parents pull out the funding and then this kid's getting bullied and she feels really sad. And I said, well, did you say anything? And she's like, no, cause they're bullying me too. Yeah. And you're like, Okay, so how do we get this to stop? It doesn't matter how many assemblies we have, exactly. you know, and how many times you wear the pink shirt assembly day. It's if you're not going to like take action on it or have, you know, be at a school and, and take action on these kids who are bullying, like, like, how do we get this to stop? And, and the cyberbullying, especially with girls, is just brutal. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes we, we adults don't even realize it, but they become enablers of, of bullying. And yeah. um, words hurt. And, um, kids may, may mean it or not mean it. Adults may mean it. I know for a fact that in my life, some adults mean the bullying that they did. But um, yep. a lot, it's because we they 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 enable it, and that needs to stop. I agree. So, what would you say? You know, if you had some boys and girls that are are currently built, being bullied now, what advice might you give to them in regards to like take the next step? Like, okay, they're being bullied; they're really upset. Like, especially with your education programs, like what what kind of advice would you give to those? kids in terms of what to do to start reach out reach out and communicate tell somebody tell tell your parents that way people would know that you are bullied the the worst part of being bullied is how alone it feels how um how people have seen how it feels that people have turned their backs on you but if you if you try to reach out and and tell somebody and hopefully that somebody can get some help that would that would let a lot of people know that it's this is happening and this is not all right and it needs to stop and that might give the bully a little less power because now yes. people know what he's doing yes because um, you, you don't you don't have to wait like me thirty five years to be able to say bullies look at me now. You don't have to wait thirty five years. Yeah. Just reach out and and talk to somebody and tell them what's happening. Because if you don't, it gets lonelier and lonelier, and we don't want for for that to totally consume yourself. For sure. So um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm still on this because I think it, it's so important, but oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I, lo- I look at you and, you know, and, and, and 
there's differences. Everyone's got a little bit, they're a little bit different. I was actually going to ask what uh, your opinion, because so many people are, are very different. So I'm very different from you. Um, you know, somebody else may be different from, you know, obviously from other people. And as a uh, one seven-year-old or eight-year-old or 10-year-old that's being bullied can take a very different path in their life um, than the path that you were able to take, even though you had to overcome that bullying. What what do you think um, was the, I don't, don't want to say the trick, it's not the, a trick, but what was it that allowed you to be able to overcome that bullying and and move forward in that education path and, and still, you know, make a really great, uh, life, have a good partner, have a great job, a good education versus say someone else who is bullying. And like you were talking about at the hospital, have those thoughts of, of, um, suicide and, and, and despair. I think, I think, um, I would like to think that my support system growing up, my nuclear family, I'm an only child, my mom and my dad, um, I think that they were very significant. Um, They never closed communication with me. They saw the the writings on that wall, so they knew what I was going through. I I didn't need to tell them that I was being bullied. So um, they did everything to, to help make my childhood as, as normal as it can be. So um, with that, I, I am very thankful. And, and coming here, and, um, and while that part of my life, I closed that part of my life with that void, joining the, the triathlon community and getting to meet the people that, um, that um, I had met, uh, shout out to uh, my partner, Stephen, my, my lifelong friends, uh, the beyond, my entire Odessa family here, and uh, my training teams. I think um, because they never questioned who I was and who I sleep with and what my preference were, um, they, 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 they opened their arms, uh, they opened up, they never questioned my sexuality. They accepted me for who I am. My uh, my team asylum, my my four three two endurance, and my um, West Texas gazelles. I think because I felt accepted. I think that's what the quote unquote the trick having 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 a good support system. Not a lot of kids are bullied. May may not have that, and that's that that is the sad part because if. If you're being bullied, you feel so alone, and you don't reach out and let people know that that's what you're feeling, then then you, you would never get some help. And and if you if you have the the support and the love, unconditional love of your family, then and I think you 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 would be able to transition into adulthood with less scars. Probably something to go for something to strive for, but at least you won't, um, you won't necessarily take a life because of, um, of um, factors like bullying in your life. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing <laughs> yeah. it. There really is. Like, everyone deals with this in some way or form um, as a child or as an adult and, or as a parent. Uh, 
you know, and it, it's really nice to, good to bring awareness to it and, and that there are ways of, of overcoming and, and moving forward. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Obviously, when you are that young, no, uh, when you're a child, uh, the sort of bullying sort of erodes your sense of worth, which is very, very crucial. Obviously, for you wanting to to leave, you know, and that's why you have those uh, thoughts of uh, of suicide and whatnot. But um, so, ideally, obviously speaking, the the more important would be for you to be okay with yourself, oh, right? yeah. which is something very very hard to to sometimes when you are a kid right because you don't you haven't lived enough to to understand that but um but but it all it always helps not only obviously the first is yourself but it always helps for your for the next layer which is your direct family you know in the case yes. now you have it yes i believe that you have seen uh, you have the full support of your parents and your partner which is like your sort of central core of your family and i think that is uh, has incalculable value i think in, I agree. in, in, in this case i agree and i'm very thankful for the the people that um i have met through through this sport and through the sport of um of trying to fill that void of physicality so i um i as as, as i always say to my my teammates um i was i was never the the, the Iron Man before. I was never the, the very sporty. I was never the runner. Mm. Um, in fact, I always tell them that I was always last to be picked. So um, that you, you, you try and they, they, they see that the dedication, the, the fire in your eyes and, and without knowing it, you just earn the respect. And, and the big part of it is that when, when you show that you can do it and that you make it totally doable and you, 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 you seem to be having fun doing it, you don't realize that you get to inspire people. And um, I, I was able to untwist several of my friends to actually join the field of triathlon. And um, some, some are still doing it, the others may, may, may not, but they were able to say that at one point in their life, they finished a sprint triathlon. And that maybe is enough for them, but it would never stop me from telling them that, hey, if, if I did it, and I was this small going up, and I'm this bad of a runner, I'm very sure you can. I'm very sure you can. It's totally doable. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and sometimes I think, uh, well, I mean, especially in the sport, any sport, I think uh, we, we sort of feel a bit the victim of, uh, of comparing uh, ourselves with, uh, with what we see in a bubble, yes. right? And uh, in this case, a bubble can be uh, racing an Ironman. Right, uh, because sometimes you can say, "Oh, well, you know, I finished in 16 hours and 30 minutes. Uh, my God, I'm almost the last. Uh, people were like waiting for me to, to close down and to turn off the lights." But, but if uh, if you take a step back, it's like, "Hey, wait a minute. You know what? The percentage of people in the exactly. globe, not to mention other planets with all the aliens and all <laughs> that, have actually finished an Ironman." Yes. Right? So, and I think that is something that needs to be communicated, no, uh, to socialize and understood by the person as well, to step out of the bubble as well. Sometimes in, in any, any sort of field in life, you no, know, we are in that bubble and it's, uh, it's not good. It's not good for the person. Yeah. 
I've, I've always, I've always um, thought that the only competition that I have in the sport is myself. And sometimes that's even the worst part because you, you tend to be so hard on yourself. And I'm very sure, Sheila, that you feel that way. Because now, with, with, um, no matter how good you did um, from the perspective of others, for yourself, you you really know that you could have done better, and that's that. Sometimes I I would I would I would uh, literally uh, figuratively punch myself because sometimes I I should I should have been happy because you you always get the result of how you train for it, and and sometimes when when you um, think of it too much, you you end up becoming the worst critic. <laughs> it's true we are we're the hardest on ourselves yeah yeah very hard and and it's just like you know it doesn't matter you did victoria i'm sure there's some things there that you you were not happy with for your own race yes. <laughs> i just did trombla and there was some things i'm kicking myself like god why did i not like ride my bike before i got here and and like, and you know, even my friend today who raced with me, she had a phenomenal, like she did wonderful. She's not a swimmer either. And she made it through the lake. It's freezing. The lake is freezing. It's, well, it warmed up a little bit, but it was 63 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh my goodness. That's uh, like, that's like, awesome. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And it was only nine degrees Celsius outside during the morning. So they take in into consideration the temperature of the water and the temperature of the air in the morning. And so the race was wetsuit mandatory Wow! for everyone. And they were like, wear your neoprene caps if you have them, like <laughs> do all that. And she made it through the swim. They That's kept the swim awesome. the full length because yesterday they cut the swim for the Olympic in half because the water was so choppy as wow. well. And, uh, you know, she did phenomenal on this bike course, which is, Beautiful and brutal all together at the same time. And then, you know, she, she struggled on the run, but the run is very, very hilly. So she was beating herself up on the run, being very hard on herself. And everyone was like, you did so awesome. I right? know. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, sometimes you don't realize that in the eyes of others, what, what we have done um, was already phenomenal. Yeah. We're just so hard critics of ourselves. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we really are. Yes. Yeah, and I'm sure you too, you, Charles. You just did your your older, and um, I know you had a few things that you weren't really happy about either. <laughs> mm. but, except that you're on your way to number twelve. It's coming. And that's the beauty of it, right? That's the beauty of it because we—that's why we train, and that's why we race again because we want to to always um, have that that perfect race, the race that you could actually say, "Well, I did everything that I did to make it as as the best as I can, and I was able to do it." And I think that's the that that is what makes this sport very very fun, is because there's always something that you could improve on yourself. Yeah, and and. and- Oh yeah, there's always something you can improve on, and uh, I think the ultimate goal is to say, you know what? I was satisfied with that today. Yes. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so for Mr. Alan Espina. Um, yes, sir. After yes, <laughs> you sound like a military. Like yes, sir. Yes, sir. In the books, in the when the first entry says Sir Charles, it's always. I was going to ask you, what, who, what's your coach like? <laughs> yeah, correct. 
so for Mr. Alan Espina, so after doing all have you have achieved so far, right? You have done all your 70.3s, you managed to uh, call yourself or be well, be, be called by by Mike Riley, which I also had the, the honor to be called an Ironman um, uh, once in your, at least once in your lifetime, like you did it. So what's next for you? What are your plans? Are you going to go uh, continue hard with the sport? Are you going to achieve more Ironmans or... Or are you going to, like we had this uh, guest uh, from uh, Malta a couple of uh, months ago, weeks ago, <laughs> who's doing double and triple Ironmans. Uh, I was surprised. Like uh, the story he had was uh, incredible. But uh, are you going to go that route or are you going to go back to your uh, other ambition? You want to say maybe you want to be a, become a doctor by the time you're 50. So what is next for you? Don't don't try to give me ideas about a double or triple iron because I'm not considering. Well, for now, for now, at Waco, I think in November, I um, I plan to do that. I like at least do three half irons this year, and then I plan to either do um Florida Ironman. That way, I can say that it was not a one-time deal that I indeed trained and was able to do it. Um, either either Florida or Cozumel is in the books for me. I haven't signed up for it, but I think that's where, that's where I'm getting at. I still want to pursue that doctor in philosophy before I'm 50, but I think this is uh, such a lifetime um, uh, pursuit of greatness, so I will keep at it as long as my body will take it. And, of course, hopefully... Um, um, along the way, I'd be able to say that I was able to run Boston on the ultimate running um, dream and, and be able to race Kona also. But um, uh, I still, I, I'd still have to wake up a lot earlier and do better training, be more efficient. Uh, I know it's a lot of work to be able to get to Kona and Boston, but um, I'm ready for it and I will strive to, to be better. And that's my quest now. Um, that's that's the that's a new dream. Nice. I, I I have no idea what this island, this bloody island, has uh, this effect on people because, um, like Kona is this thing that is so desirable. You no, know? like everyone wants to go to Kona. Um, I had no idea actually, but uh, I, I had the, the opportunity to visit Kona just as a tourist. I went uh, last year, and uh, to be fair, I. I I don't know. There's something that you cannot explain. No? It's some, some sort of mysterious uh, ethos sure. that is drawing <laughs> you like some sort of like Magneto from the X-Men. It's, it's very, very complicated <laughs> to explain. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. Well, before we sort of finalize the, um, our episode, number 51, by the way, uh, we tend to have a sort of wrap-up questions, which are... Very interesting. I really like those questions uh, that Swap Neil has uh, created. So we will, uh, of course, put you through them. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. They are very, okay. very user friendly. So, first of all, what message would you want people listening to this to take away from your story? That sometimes words hurt, so we have to we have to watch what we're saying. Um, because you never know. In your thought, you might not be bullying somebody, but to them, they feel that they're bullied, and that's not cool. That's um, 
my my message would be just to treat everybody with kindness, and um, and I think that's it. And um, in terms of the sport, I know that it's sometimes very hard to um, to fathom the distances that one has to do. But if if I was able to do it, then it's totally doable. You have to work for it, but it's totally doable. Mm, yeah, indeed. And are there any people uh, or and or brands that you would like to give a shout out to today? Um, uh, just the just the folks that I am very thankful of. Um, uh, of course, my mom and my dad who lives with me here in Texas, and then my partner Stephen. Um, thank you for 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 being for accepting me for who I am and for loving me unconditionally. And uh, my friends, uh, Team Asylum, Four Three Two Endurance, the West Texas Gazelles, they've been instrumental in helping me to be where I am now. One timer, four Ironman, and five um, half islands with um, another half Ironman um, next Sunday. So wish me luck on that too, guys. Um, but um, I'm, I'm very thankful for um, for these people because they've, they've helped me grow and they made me realize that, um, that the potential that I didn't think I had. Mm, got it. And... Before we ask our last question, okay. can you please tell everyone listening, where can we find you online? Um, oh, where can you find me online? I uh, do have a, a Facebook profile. I'm only on, on Facebook and, and Instagram, but my Instagram handle is U-S-K-E-R-N-I-G. And um, it's U.S. Koenig, and um, you can find me on Facebook. My name is Alan Espina, A-L-L-A-N-E-S-P-I-N-A. And um, that's, that's, that's where I am on the net. Good. Awesome. I found you there. <laughs> <laughs> and most importantly, why do you try? Ooh. Well, I, uh, I tried because I uh, was able to find myself. Um, I still try because I know that completing what I've completed so far is not yet the end product for me. Um, I know I, um, I can do more. I can help others try to be the best they can be. And uh, this is a lifelong journey of, um, of pursuing um, greatness and, um, and everyone has greatness in them and it's just a matter of, um, of helping them find it and if I can help others uh, find that greatness within them then I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it and they don't call me the arm twister for nothing <laughs> I didn't know you say you're called the arm twister yes, yes they, they have this nickname now for me because um, uh, I uh, during that Odessa downtown Lions talk I was able to get two folks from that group to try and sign up for the spring triathlon locally here so I think I know that I'm a good man dresser you got the map. That's a great name. I think you should add that into your handle for Instagram. Yes, I will do that. I will do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, but thanks for the clarification because I was I was getting a bit concerned. Like on Twitter, I was like, "Whoa, what's going on?" <laughs> they just, yeah, my friends did um, our very first stuff mother because we lo- love to race um, obstacle course races too. Um, there's this one um, saying that we would always um, use, and it says, uh, "When was the last time you did something for the first time?" And that was my spiel every time I meet somebody new and got them to train either to run, to do obstacle course racing, or even to try to do triathlons. When is the last time you did something for the first time? And that seems to get people. Yes. That's a great question. Very true. Yeah. Right. So thank you so much for being on the show today. It was really a pleasure to have you on and, and, um, inspire all of us today. I feel very inspired after talking to you. Thank you so much, Sheila. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Charles, for, for inviting me and and uh, making me use this platform to be able to um, tell everybody my, uh, my journey and to at least do do a little to um, stop and and eradicate bullying in the little way I can. Absolutely. No, thank you. Thank you very much, Alan, for coming today and uh, sharing with us uh, sending very, very good messages. And uh, for, for Sheila and myself, having a blast with you here for one hour uh, while I'm sitting in the, in the United Kingdom and Sheila is in Canada and you are in Texas. So this is uh, technology. It's fantastic, honestly. Yes, yes. Appreciate that, folks. Thank you so much for inviting me. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you very much. And you guys, uh, thank you very much for listening. And uh, next week we'll come with more humans of triathlon. So for now... Good fight and good night. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for being a part of this Humans of Triathlon community. Hope you're enjoying the show and the other content. Make sure to join us again next week here on the Hot Podcast, where we'll bring you another amazing guest and story from this Audrey but extra Audrey world of triathlon. Until then, everyone, keep trying. <laughs>